Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Well, good morning here and good morning to those who are watching live. It's good to be back with you again. Uh, thank you all for your prayers for the last, I guess it's been two weeks. Um, those of you who don't know, I had my appendix removed. It was um, didn't rupture, but it did burst. And so I don't know the difference, but I had to wear a bag for about 10 days. So that was fun. Uh, but anyway, I'm back and feeling much better and grateful to be here. Uh, we just got a text this morning. Uh, we want to pray for Alexandra Oliva, her family. I don't know what it's regarding. As also for Justin Sapp and his family. Many of us know uh, him. I don't know what it's regarding, but we want to lift them up in prayer. You know, life is fragile. Uh, gosh, I've been aware of that the past few days. And it's easy to lose sight of the things that are important or take for granted what is important, and we definitely don't want to do that. So let's pause this morning. Let's pray for our friends and for our time together. Father, we are grateful. We are grateful to be able to be here together. We are grateful for our lives and our families and the people who are are near to us, the people who are dear to us. And we lift up Alex's family and pray that you have your hand upon them, upon her. We pray for Justin's family and pray that your hand be upon him and them. And Lord, whoever else is going through things in our community, Lord, I know there are a few people who are still not well. I pray that you would Comfort, strengthen. Lord, may we lean into you and into one another through these times of difficulty. We thank you again for the goodness of who you are that overflows our lives. Bless this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, good morning. A couple of things to announce. This afternoon at noon, we are having our children's drive-in. It's going to take place right here. We are going to have some boxes for the kids to decorate, to look like cars that they're going to sit in, and we're going to watch a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special here and just kind of try and get our families and our kids back in here. We have a vision for the children and how we want to move forward, and this is kind of that first step in it. Uh, to try and have opportunities for us to get together 
as well as to encourage each other. Some of the things that we were doing before the pandemic, uh, where we were helping a school down in Pomona, there are other areas where we want to continue to have our children step into opportunities to actually do good. And this is part of the gospel. It's part of how we teach children, not just give them information, but give them opportunity to do good because that is part of the gospel. And so this is kind of our first step in that. So everyone who wants to come with kids can come. We're going to be here. We're going to have some popcorn. We're going to have some pizza. And again, we're going to have some boxes for the kids to decorate as cars. And we're going to have a little drive-in here and watch Uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Um, And we'll let you know when there's other things happening as well. Also, Tuesday, we have our philosophy and critical thinking. Jordan's going to be leading that. He's going to be talking about community. Is that right? Community? So, community, Tuesday, philosophy and critical thinking. Remember, there is no take two on Wednesdays uh, for the rest of this year, but we'll see how things develop in the future. I also want to remind you that Genesis is here because you financially support us through your offerings and worship, and so there's the means to give that are there on the screen. Uh, We appreciate it, and again, this is uh, an important part of who we are so that things can continue as we move forward, and we just want to make that uh, available for you. Okay, well, it's good to be back here. I'm really thankful I missed you guys. I'd rather be here than stuck in bed. Um, And, you know, there's a whole new awareness that happens when you go through something like pain. Uh, You start to have a lot more empathy for people who have been in pain. I thought of you, Eileen, and your back surgery, and I thought, oh, man, I can't imagine what that was for that long, uh, just because my, you know, I had like no stomach muscles. You guys ever try to sit up with no stomach muscles? You can't. I just kind of roll, right? It's just I'm going to roll out of bed because I can't sit up. It was just awful. And there's so many people going through so many difficult things physically that just made me aware of that. And, And I think that's Uh, part of this human experience is having that empathy in the things that we go through. I I think that is a big part of what Jesus is trying to convey to us through this Sermon on the Mountain. Today, we're going to be in chapter 7. And this is to judge or not to judge. And we're going to start in verse 1. And Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Well, whenever Jesus calls me a hypocrite, I want to take notice, okay? Because he, he really just did. And I think he prescribed this to all of us. And it's important that we understand this idea of judging because it's something we do regularly. And there is a word that is used, and the word, I believe it's krino in the Greek, and it means to separate. It's where we get our words critical or critique or to criticize, okay? And to separate good from bad or right from wrong, Luke's parallel passage says that we should not condemn 
or we will be condemned. And I think that's an important thing to tag onto this because there's a specific type of judgment that I think Jesus has in mind. Because I think that there are judgments that are good, and there are judgments that are bad. So I want to look at the difference between good judgment and bad judgment. Because Luke's connection to the word condemnation is taking place, I think that gives us a little insight between what good judgment and bad judgment is. Things can be what people do, what people say, or what people believe. We can have judgments about those things. It's not wrong to think that somebody is wrong. How many of you remember lawn darts? Bad judgment, right? I mean, for those of you who don't know, they were these darts that were about this big, and they had sharp points on them, and you threw them up in the air, and there was supposed to be like a circle that you were supposed to get them to land in, right? And so that team over there had their lawn darts in a circle, kind of like, you know, when you would do the corn roll toss thing, but with lawn darts, with sharp, spiky things that you threw up in the air. They didn't last long because kids were getting punctured, right? They were landing in kids' heads, feet, all kinds of these things. It's not wrong to think that that was a stupid idea because it was, right? Those kinds of things, we can make judgments about them, and I don't think that that's what Jesus is talking about. Did you know that in Germany, they had radioactive toothpaste? I know, it's like it was called Doramod and it was including thorium in it. Bad idea. Who knows? Yeah, this will cure cavities. Yeah, it'll kill you. There's a lot of things that we can make judgments on because we can say this is right and this is wrong and it's not a problem to, to talk about those kinds of things. And remember, when we move from the idea of a subject, a thing, lawn darts, radioactive toothpaste, to a person, that's when I think we start changing this idea of what judgment is good and what judgment is bad. I don't think judging these other things that are bad is a problem. There is something deeper being addressed, and this is really about people. When we start condemning people, as Luke says. And I think this goes back to Genesis chapter 3 in the garden when the story says that Adam and Eve partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In verse 22 of Genesis 3, it says, then the Lord said, behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. I, I think this is connected to that thought. To, to clearly distinguish between good and evil, one would have to have all the information. One would have to have a, a lot of insight, understanding of motivation of what's happening in a person, to, to see enough to categorize these things and be free from your personal prejudice or ego. 
right? We don't stand above others. We, we stand beside them. And our vantage point does not avail us the ability to see enough to categorize people like we do things. And one idea of judgment deals with the subject and the other deals with a person and their essence. And we do not have the ability to look at another person who is created in God's image and to condemn them. We can disagree with them. We can have debate about different ideas, different subject matter. But when we start condemning, we move into this place of judgment. When I move from judging what someone has written to condemning who someone is, that's self-righteousness. And that's what Jesus is, I believe, dressing. And notice there is a comparison that's taking place. There's a, a speck in their eye. There is something in your eye, right? There is this idea of we each have something that we have to deal with. And think about what happens when we start to criticize someone, even what they have or what they do or what they write about on Facebook, right? What happens is you either like it or you don't, right? You either agree with it or have problems with it, and you judge based on what you think, which automatically places you in a situation where if you're not careful, you can be so emotionally charged that you begin to not only see the position you hold as different, but you can also begin to see who you are as better. And this is a problem because we, without even being aware of it, I think lean in that direction. At least I do if I'm being honest. It's so gradual. I'll see someone post something and I'll think of all the reasons that it's wrong. And all of a sudden I have superior intellect because I can see where they're wrong. Now, I won't say that if I write a comment out, (laughs) my intellect is superior than yours, right? But it's coming from this ego, this attitude, this I have the ability to acknowledge good from evil. I am in this place above you. And that's not the case at all. That's the log. You might be right, but that's different than better. And that's a big difference. The comparison of the speck and log, there, there is good judgment. Jesus will later talk about pearls before swine, but that's something a little bit more. There, there's wise, there's unwise, there's false. There's true, there's good, there's bad. But there is something else Jesus is wanting us to see and be aware of. And it's that when we see something in another person who is an image bearer, a person who in essence contains the image of God. If we are going to be helpful in the judgment we give, then that judgment has to first be applied to us. 
I think that that's what Jesus is getting at when he says, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So if I read or hear something that I vehemently disagree with, I'm just passionately against, and someone writes something, and I think that is inconsiderate, that's wrong, that, that's getting the facts off, that's being just deceitful. All those thoughts that I disagree, how I judge that person is the same way I have to judge myself before I comment to them. I have to look at the emotion I'm putting out and I have to turn that back on me and say, before you say something about this, You need to see how you're postured because this judgment is going to be how you pronounce that judgment. In other words, if I'm angry, if I'm inconsiderate, that's what's going to be coming back. I think they're inconsiderate, and so I'm going to be inconsiderate back. Isn't that what's happening? See, I see them saying something, and what I want to do is reciprocate. I want to say the same thing, and I want to get to you just like you got to me. And what I need to do is check myself before I start saying that, whatever that is, so that I understand the spirit in which I am presenting this. Is this something that I am personally directing to them or about what they're saying? And it doesn't mean there isn't accountability to what we say. There definitely is but we need to help the person who has the speck in their eye. See, there's still something there. We still need to deal with something, but you can't if you're coming at it with the log in yours. When we see something in an image bearer, we have to recognize that. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at. Now, notice, again, there really is something in their eye, and there is a responsibility to help them. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of theirs. There's something there, and there's something here. But the only way you can do that is to take the judgment that you are using, even if it's good sense, and apply it to yourself first. This requires us to have some kind of pause, right? We have to, before we react to what they did, we have to react to what's happening in us and see it so that our reaction can actually be helpful. Bad judgment sacrifices the relationship, condemnation. It sacrifices the relationship just to be right. Good judgment, or let's call it discernment, actually brings depth to the relationship because it requires vulnerability, It requires honest introspection and it gets to a more honest version of who you are before it gives an outward response. 
It allows you to be genuine and consider them genuinely. Now, it's important to understand we who follow Christ exercise this idea of discernment. Who do we focus it on first? Focus it on ourselves, right? It's supposed to first come to those who are part of this family of faith. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12, for what, I have, what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is, not those in, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Now, don't you think this is important? In other words, why do we seem to take the things that are important to us as followers of Jesus and expect people who do not have this faith to follow what we do? And yet that's what we see so many times. We want to put our conviction, our idea, and judge them because they are not seeing the world like we do. But Paul says, I have no business judging them. What we need to do is judge one another. When he talks about inside the church, remember what the church was. It wasn't a a group of a thousand people. It was a home where people gathered together like family and interacted. It was where there was community. It was where there was already awareness and knowledge of each other. It wasn't just this general, here, I'm going to throw this out to everybody. And you know that church that's online, I'm going to throw this at them. No, it has to do with us and doing life together. We have to deal with these things. We have to discern how we interact with each other. I I love that we can disagree. In fact, it's not healthy that we don't. If you've got a group of, group of people and they're lockstep together and everything, something's wrong. How do you grow with people who just think exactly like you unless someone comes in and challenges it? How do I get from here to there unless there is someone pushing against maybe what belief I have, what thoughts I have on something? I can't tell you how many times I have been challenged and rightfully so in good ways where my, my thinking is just blinded to my world, to my emotion, to my circumstances. And someone has to come alongside and say, there is more happening than what you're seeing and you're being blind to this. And I'm thankful for that, that iron does sharpen iron, that I need those disagreements. I need someone to discern what's happening so that I can grow. We are to critique how we do life in a way that brings clarity, but not condemnation. But we do not put our family business and expect people who are outside of the family to act like the people who are a part of the family. You ever go to someone's house, they have Christmas or something, and they do it differently? I remember one Thanksgiving, we had turkey with some friends, and it was the only Thanksgiving I think we didn't spend with our family. We thought, we're going to start our own tradition. And I, oh man, that was a story. We had our twins, and they had a little boy, and we stayed in a cabin that was smaller than this room. It was a lot of fun. And they put raisins in their turkey. 
I, I have discernment about that. I don't think raisins and turkey go together, right? I have, I have trust issues because I've mistaken chocolate chips and cookies for raisins. You don't expect family behavior outside family. One of, one of our problems is that we have begun to try and Christianize things instead of people. And so Christian has become a, an adjective instead of a noun, right? We have Christian music, we have Christian clothing, we have Christian movies, we have Christian comedians. And that blurs the lines of how we judge things. Because if it's Christian, then we put this idea of how we are to look at it as if it was a person, and we start condemning people with the things. Because of this, we, we lose the difference between the people and the things. So if I say the most inspiring movies that I've seen have not been Christian movies, right? It's a beautiful life. Schindler's List, Up, for goodness sakes. Who does not cry at the beginning of Up? And those have moved me more than, quote, Christian movies. What, what I've done now, just by adding that word, is I've now made people think, oh, he's disregarding Christ. I'm not. I, I think there's more of the essence of who Christ is in some of these other movies than in the latter. And we have to be careful because... We have to have more depth in who God is and how he sees and interprets things. We have to understand that Christ is about working in people and who they are and the heart of the essence of who they are. That that's what's important and that's more important. That should even include how we interpret Scripture. I believe it's okay to be passionate for or against things, but I can, if I'm not careful, go to war with the people who hold those views instead of the views themselves. In other words, I'm trying to beat them instead of to win their hearts. Instead of to take a speck out of their eye, I'm trying to clobber them with the log in my own. In our neighborhood where we live, there's a house near us where they house people who have mental health issues. And about, the house burned down a few years ago. I don't know why. They've since rebuilt it and people are starting to come back. But about 10 years ago, someone got out of the house and came to our house and started pounding on our door. It was early in the morning. And this guy came running to the door and was just pounding and yelling at our door. And it kind of freaked us out, right? At eight in the morning, someone's on your door just pounding and yelling things that you can't understand. I remember Corrine saying, don't open the door, don't open the door. And I'm like, what? Who are you? What's going on? And then they ran around to the back door and started pounding on the kitchen door in the back. And then they ran around to our 
French doors that weren't locked at the time. And we're like, oh no. And so we ran and locked the doors and this guy's pounding on the window to the doors. We end up calling the police. They come and get the guy. And it turns out he's someone from the home who had mental health issues. Well, I posted on Facebook, you know, my exciting morning. I go, nothing like being woken up by some crazy guy pounding on your door at eight in the morning, you know, and I just kind of spelled out everything that had happened there. A friend of ours responded and she said, Sam, my son has mental health issues. He is that guy. Oh, My heart was broken, and I apologized. I said, I am so sorry. It was insensitive for me to not recognize that. And I started to discern, right, the difference between a person and a problem. And as I apologized to her, she was so graceful, and we had a great conversation developing there on Facebook. And then someone else chimed in this other Christian lady who we're going to call Christianina. And she had a viewpoint that she had to chime in about how there's no mental health issues for those who follow Jesus because Jesus heals our soul and the soul is the mind. And she went on to degrade this person and her son because they had mental health issues. And my friend pleaded to me. She said, Sam, make her stop. And I had to plead for her. I said, you don't understand the situation. You need to stop commenting on this. And I had this other area of discernment going on where I was just really infuriated with Christianina and her commenting and her insensitivity to the situation that I already had been insensitive to. As time went on, and actually as years went on, I had more interaction with Christianina. And I remember her messaging me and saying that she was in an abusive relationship And I started to see a pattern of mental health issues in her as well. And so there's this other layer that's now breaking in because I was so angry at her and what she was saying. And I was unaware of what was going on in her own life and in her own mind and her own problems. She might say she doesn't think there's mental health issues, but she was in the middle of them. She could not see the log in her eye. And so we start seeing that there's layer upon layer upon layer. I do not have all the information. I see this much of a picture that is this big. You know, I have friends who've worked in homes for children who have been abused, and some of the stories of these kids are just horrific. And the things that they have gone through, the abuse that has happened to them at such young age, and there is no wonder that they are so messed up and are dealing with such unhealthy things and do such awful things coming from where they were. Of course. I'm so thankful that God does not judge us without knowing the circumstances of our life. I don't know all that people go through. I cannot condemn. 
I can discern. I can say, you know, you're wrong to interact this way. It's not healthy. And we can talk about it, and maybe I will find out I am wrong also. That's okay. But I can't condemn. And I think about the years of transition that has happened in my own life. If you were to talk to me 20 years ago and put me next to me today, I would be two different people. But it it didn't just happen, right? This has been a gradual transformation. God didn't just show up 20 years ago and say, see all this stuff, let's just tackle it. Boom, we're going to handle it. It'd be like whiplash, right? I, I couldn't have gotten to where I was to where I am like that. It took people in my life talking to me. It took interaction. I've been surrounded and helped by people who've pulled me up to the next step, to the next step, to the next step. And I need to allow transition for others as well, right? If I'm talking to someone who was where I was 20 years ago, do I expect them to jump to where I am today? Look at, here it is. And sometimes I just want to bulldoze everything, right? Look at all this is wrong. Look at all this. You need to change. Do this, do this. Instead of maybe taking a little step and start to looking at the log in my eyes. Remember, Sam? Remember what an idiot you were? Gosh, I've had to apologize for so many conversations I had, you guys. Ah, man. I was so arrogant. And I probably still am, right? Ten years, I'll be like, yep, I'm still there. But I've had to apologize. I remember this argument I had with Julie Saldana. It was at Gil and Mary's house. And I was just a jerk, And years later, I had to say, Julie, I am sorry. I'm sorry for that whole thing. I wish I had not been so dense. We have to move at a pace with where people are. I've also learned that I cannot discern well by myself, that I actually need others to help me see a bigger picture, right? The Proverbs says that in abundance of counseling, there is safety. That for me to discern accurately, I need more input than just my vantage point. And that's why it's important for me to listen to more than just my view. It's interesting. I have a number of, I thought they were friends, who have unfriended me on, you know, Instagram and stuff because I asked questions. I I challenged what they thought. And all of a sudden it's like, they're not my friend anymore. Right? And I, I didn't think I was being a jerk, but maybe I was, I don't know. But I think some of us just don't like the idea of someone disagreeing with us. And so we want to shut that conversation out. We only listen to Fox News. We only listen to CNN News. We do not hear the other side. We just hold this side of the vaccine argument. We don't look at the other side. We just hold this side of the political view, not the other side. We just hold this version and idea of theology, not this side. We're not going to take into consideration these things. And whenever someone throws something out there that shakes everything up, we get all upset and we unfriend them. 
and we stop listening to them and we demonize them. Having the multitude of counsel, having the variety gives us the ability to discern things more accurately. And the whole point of, I believe, Jesus' words here is to see clearly, to help others see clearly, and for us to see clearly ourselves. Is that direction our judgment, our discernment is taking us, or is it moving us to condemn, belittle, and separate? This goes back to the heavy and light at the beginning of this whole thing, right? Heavy judgment, light judgment. No, they're both there. But we have to live in a place of understanding what is our role. And so when people say, you know, we we don't judge, we just inspect fruit. Well, if your inspection of fruit is condemning, then sorry, it's moved into bad judgment. If you're discerning, conversing, engaging, then it's a good judgment. Let's practice that. Let's be aware how we are pulled to the other. Let's pray. Father, it is impossible for me not to be emotionally involved with disagreement. And I am so inclined to condemn. I am so inclined to attribute judgment to people instead of ideas or subject matter. And Lord, it is a log that is in my eye, in our eye, and I pray you would help us to be aware of it. God, help us to do what we can to bring about good discernment that encourages health and clarity. To be aware of our propensity to condemn, to see ourselves as better than to make improper judgments. And Father, may discernment begin with us. May we as a family have the freedom to interact in ways that disagree and challenge and bring about more thought and not be so thin-skinned, that any disagreement challenges us and we want to unfriend, we want to leave, we want to abandon ship just because we don't see things the same. May we grow in depth, may we grow in compassion and empathy, and may we have clearer and clearer insight into the hearts of our family and friends. Thank you for your words, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. May you see the difference between discernment and judgment. And may we learn to 
recognize what we are doing so that we can be helpful to those we disagree with. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. Remember, the kids will be meeting here at noon. So we're not going to have a small discussion group here right now, but we will be doing that again in the future. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for being here online. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.